Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, for a nice long break. Um, first of all, thank has a dedication before we introduce 
Mr. Don Henderson, Mr. Roger Henry, and Mr. Roy Cummings. Thanks for dedication to you. Okay, Tommy, there's, there's two things we have. Uh, one, we've been asked by Sarasota Memorial Hospital uh, to make a PSA, and that is they are expecting this uh, COVID revamp uh, to be extremely uh, tough, and they're asking that it, when you go into a um, crowd of um, like the stores or anything like that, that you wear a mask again. Uh, it's just a suggestion. It's not an order. But they said to, to protect yourself because even those who have been vaccinated uh, are getting the, the second time around. And it's not as bad as the first time, but uh, they're asking that we ask everybody to please uh, use caution, wash your hands often, and, again, wear a mask when you're in public. Uh, this program is going to be dedicated to a lady who really went through hell over the last uh, 57 years. Uh, she uh, passed away last Saturday. I'm sorry, last uh, Thursday. Um, uh, Kathleen Friel-Werfeldt. Um, Kathy was a graduate of uh, St. Pius 10th High School in Pottstown, uh, the uh, St. Joseph's Hospital School of Nursing in Reading, uh, was married to uh, uh, Captain Bob uh, Ruffelt, United States Army Signal Corps, and has uh, two children and six grandchildren. Uh, so uh, for everything she went through, Kathy is uh, finally at peace, and we're happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Frank, just to follow up on the COVID, the Phillies-Washington uh, game tonight was postponed because of COVID-19. Mm. Well, there, there you go, go Don. Just what you were talking about with the NFL. Yeah, I, I I just don't understand it. The head of the players' association said uh, talked about the fact that uh, the games, if uh, they weren't able to be played, they made them up last year, as everybody knows, on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or whatever. They're not going to be able to do that this year because the fact that the stadiums are open to the crowd. And you're not going to be able to change all the tickets and do all that. So if a game has to be postponed and it can't be made up, uh, the players uh, will lose uh, full salary. Uh, that was, But at the same time, the head of the Players Association said that there is not a mandate that the players have to get the shots. Uh, it's an invasion of their privacy, and uh, they wanted to have them wear armbands if they didn't have it wear the shield if they didn't have it. A lot of different suggestions, but uh, there is no mandate. The players do not. And Washington came out today and said that more than 50% of their team has not had the virus shots. Yeah, I heard that. Roy, you probably have heard a lot about this, haven't you? Yeah, I have. And, uh, you know, it's it's really – it's really unfortunate that we're, you know, back in a situation here where, you know, we've got to, you know, we got to start shutting down games and things. But look, I, it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, if you've if you've gotten the yeah. virus, or I mean, if, if you've gotten the, the vaccine, rather, yeah. you're probably in pretty good shape. Uh, if you don't, uh, people are getting it, and they're getting it much quicker, much easier. Um, the, the virus that is, and. Uh, and it's spreading much, much faster, and it's a little bit more uh, dangerous than the first time around. It, it seems to be affecting people a lot more 
significantly than originally, and um, you know, it, the the it's you know it's, it's become a virus of the of the unvaccinated. And if you choose not to get vaccinated, you know you're gonna you're gonna face the consequences, and so is the the world around you. Um, that's what it's come down to. Is it's not right. just, and this is what I think people don't understand. Um, you know, and I look, I, I'm all about personal freedoms and, you know, do what you want. You know, I, I mean, I never got a flu shot until this year. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's not because I don't believe in, vir- in, in, in vaccines. I, I just, you know, didn't feel the need for it. I, I seldom if I ever got the flu. If I did, I'd fight it off. This is a little bit different. You know, you pass this on to somebody uh, and you could unknowingly, you know, be giving them a death sentence. It's that simple. And, um, you know, who are we, who am I, who, who is anybody to you know, make that determination for somebody. And again, it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but I'm shocked that a major league baseball team at this point going through what it's been through and what the league has been through and what major league sports has been through. I'm shocked that there's a major league baseball team out there that has 50% uh, vaccinated uh, personnel. That, that, that just makes no sense. Um, it seems like the NFL is, is probably headed down the right path here. Uh, again, I'm not about necessarily forcing people, but you know, I think you've got to uh, you got to figure out a way to you know keep these keep everybody else away from from those uh, you know because if, again, if you're not, if it's just simple, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to get this thing. That, that's what the doctors are saying. If you're not vaccinated, you're going to get this. And if 50% of a baseball team is not vaccinated, well, guess what? That 50% is probably going to get this virus, and it's going to force well, too- a shutdown, and that's not good. Two things I can't understand, Roy. Uh, number one, we grew up vaccines. First, it was polio. Uh, you know, one vaccine after you. We're never asked whether you could get it or not. It was mandatory from the doctor. If you want to go to school, you had to get the shots. You had to be prepared, uh, what, no matter what the disease was. And I just like to fill people in. You not only worked in the National Football League and the National Hockey League and covered events for 25, 30 years. But you're also involved in the medical field. So we're not talking to somebody that doesn't know uh, what the ramifications of something like this is. And I agree with you. How in the world could Major League Baseball now uh, not have some type of edict saying you either get the shots or you, you can't be in the ballpark? I mean, I can't imagine what you can do. Yeah, you know, and it's something that, unfortunately, we've become such a litigious community, you know, world you know uh, and 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 so right now if major league baseball says you know the the the, each team has to have you know at least 75 percent 80 percent vaccinations uh in order you know to you know for everybody to be safe and you know follow a certain set of rules the major league baseball players association is going to turn around and say you know says who you know you've got to you've got to collectively bargain that um, and, if, and if they don't agree, and you know, if, if all they need is enough, you know, people to disagree with that stance, and it won't be voted in as a, you know, as a mandate. So, it, you know, it, it appears as though the NFL Players Association, you know, must have agreed uh, with it, and uh, you know, because you've got the NFL. Because if they didn't, obviously the NFL Players Association would be up in arms and screaming about. Uh, you know, these mandates that are, that are out there in terms of, uh, you know, how the players who aren't vaccinated are socially distant. So, and, and, you know, we found out from the Buccaneers, and I, I'm sure it's somewhat similar with most teams, 
with the Buccaneers inside the facility or inside, you know, anytime you're inside right now, the unvaccinated players have to wear uh, some kind of yellow wristband or armband of some kind, and the vaccinated players wear red um, so that you know who's vaccinated, who's not. And it's, I don't think it's about shaming. Uh, it's more about knowing who is and who isn't uh, so that you can, you know, in essence, keep your distance. And the, one of the reasons for that is, they have to the player the teams have to monitor what these players are doing if they if they you know run afoul of the rules that have been laid down by the NFL regarding unvaccinated players and where they can go and where they can't go they're going to be fined $14,000 flat out that's that's the fine $14,000 automatically no questions asked fine and it's every time you're in violation so you know there's there's quite a you know a uh, a list of rules that are significantly different for the players who aren't vaccinated regarding where they can go, who they can be with, um, mask wearing, the whole bit. And uh, it's, um, it, I think the bottom line is it's, it's designed to make life a little bit tougher on those guys. Um, you know, or maybe that's how it's seen. It certainly does. Um, but I think it's also, you know, kind of a way of coercing them into getting vaccinated because, the league doesn't want to have problems, and much like Major League Baseball is having yet again. And um, it's, you know, let's face it, it, it's because half this team is not vaccinated, um, and they're bouncing around from city to city, and, uh, you know, they're out late at night. So, you know, bars and clubs are open again. So uh, it's, you know, these guys are they're spreading the virus, they're getting the virus, they're having it spread to them, and uh, they're creating a dangerous environment for their coworkers. And teammates. Roger, you mentioned the Phillies, yeah. and uh, they're in the yeah. they're in that pursuit tonight. Yeah, they are, uh, Don and Roy. Uh, just a, a follow up about baseball. Uh, the other day, uh, they were talking about if you're a level one person uh, with a, a major league baseball team. Now that would be the entire office uh, staff uh, from top to bottom, uh, the coaching staff, the broadcasters, etc. They all have to be vaccinated. That's that's no ands if buts about it, or you're gone. Okay, you'll lose your job. That and and from what I've heard about, like the Phillies are not at fifty percent, and a, not, a lot of a number of teams aren't. And it seems to be the leadership or lack of, and where you you know you get to like with the Eagles, they were saying about some of the Eagles players that would be real uh, leaders, and uh, they w- would, you know, set the pace. Now, I don't know whether they're vaccinated or not, but that seems to be what the key is in in baseball and, I guess, in athletics in general, professional sports, that it's the leadership, the, the locker room leadership that should uh, be taking the uh, lead. For instance, Aaron Nola has not been vaccinated, okay, mm. So he lost the start. And uh, they've got to be able to start, uh, even if they have to go to court, they've got to be able to start going after players uh, financially, uh, like the NFL uh, or baseball is going to have a problem when it gets to the uh, uh, postseason, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think the thing is, too, Roger, that, uh, you know, as I mentioned at the top, I mean, if you didn't have your diphtheria shot, if you didn't have your polio shot, if you didn't have – this, that, and other. You couldn't go to school. You couldn't do any of the things. Still can't, that, Don. 
Yeah, that's that's what can. I mean. You're right. So to me, yeah. to not be able not be able to mandate that these people, uh, and let's face it, Roy, on top of the the virus, now you got Delta. So it's not just it's not just the virus. It it's an offshoot of the virus. So you got a double header you're going against. Right. Yeah, and there's more variants to come, guys. This is the other thing that I think some people don't seem to want to understand is that. You know, there's, there's been a couple of variants already. I think actually, I think there's been five and uh, maybe six. And uh, this Delta variant is is the most uh, vicious of them all. And um, there, there's probably more to come. I mean, this this virus is looking for people uh, who are you know who are prone to get it. It's looking for the unvaccinated. It's looking for people who you know think they're smarter than the scientists or you know just immune to this thing. And it's going to get them. It's going to find them. And it's going to affect them in some way. It could be just, you know, a couple of days of, you know, feeling a little bit off. It could be a week or two of feeling like you got a bad cold. Or it could be, you know, it could put you in the hospital, um, depending on who it is. And it, it really doesn't, you know, there's not, we're not seeing any real deep patterns with this thing right now in terms of who's affected. Um, you know, it's not like the like the first round here where it was mostly, um, compromised people with some kind of compromised immune system, you know, whether they had maybe asthma or something like that, um, that were getting it and struggling the most, people with, uh, you know, other issues. Uh, but in this case, it's affecting just about everybody but, but young children. And the fear is that it's going to eventually, you know, mutate into something that does affect children. And that's when you're probably going to really see, you know, fireworks is uh, when, when children start getting and, and look, you're not hearing doctors talk about it because they don't want to start a panic, but that's where this is headed. Um, this virus is mutating. It's finding different ways to get, get into people and stay in people and affect people in a bad way. It's what viruses do. And if you don't, uh, if you don't cut off its access, you know, if you don't block its path, um, that's the only way to kill it. Is to, is to block its path. It'll it'll die out on its own if it's got nowhere else to go. But as long as it's got somewhere to go, it'll go and it'll mutate and it'll grow stronger and it'll grow different forms that uh, will affect people who are not protected against it. And um, you're right, uh, Don. It's your your comments about diphtheria, smallpox, uh, uh, you know, uh, polio. I mean, these were you know these were. Uh, Yes, it was mandatory in order to go to school. We were living in a different world back then, you know, but, uh, you know, the people who developed, uh, you know, Jonas Salk, who developed the polio vaccine, you know, he's considered a, 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 a hero, you know, right. from back in the day. The people who developed this vaccine are seen in some cases as villains and people looking to take away your, 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 your freedoms and your rights, and which is silly. It's just silly. Um, you know, it's, well, I, no, Roy, I saw it tonight. I, I, I didn't see the whole uh, newscast in New York, but I, I believe now, to give you an idea how crazy this is, they want to pay people $100 now to come in and get their shots. I mean, it, uh, and the yeah. public service announcements on all the New York channels and all the Philadelphia channels, during the games and all the news and all the other access, every single one of them, is using two minutes, one minute, to uh, once again reinforce what the doctors are saying. Get these shots. But people just aren't paying any attention. 
hey, we've covered it. I guess that's all we can do uh, is talk <laughs> about it. Is Tommy? I didn't hear Tommy at the top of the program. Tommy, are you at the trap for this game tonight? No, not at the trap. No, I'm, I'm home for tonight. Oh, okay. A big, big series for both teams. Big series because, you know, the, the, the Rays want to the Rays want to move up on the on the Red Sox, and the Yankees want to get out of the doldrums. So, a good game last night, four to three. Uh, Roy, maybe you'd like to touch on baseball a little bit as we get into the sports field. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, yes, obviously a big series for the Rays, but. Uh, you know, a couple of days away from the trade deadline, and we're starting to see teams move. I'm a little surprised that uh, uh, we've seen the Yankees move a couple of the pieces from their bullpen uh, at a time when they would seem to need more of those. But um, maybe they're develop, you know, trying to draw some pieces. There's a lot of talk about the Yankees trying to bring in Anthony Rizzo, um, you know, because obviously it's uh, it, it seems to between, be between the Yankees and Red Sox, perhaps. Uh, and the Anthony Rizzo sweepstakes, but I, I'm not sure either team really has the the prospects to give back to the Cubs uh, to make that deal work. But uh, yeah, Yankees are trying to hold on here. Um, they would you would think they'd have a good opportunity tonight against Michael Waka, who really has not been effective for the Rays. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, right now, no score. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, mid early in the game, but. Uh, the Yankees are uh, they're reaching a point here where it's really critical for them if they want to be in this race, uh, get a wild card spot. I, I don't know if they can rally enough to win the, the East, but uh, uh, if they want to get in the wild card, they, they're going to have to start making their move right now. Yeah, the Yankees just went out at the top of the third. It's nothing, nothing. Bottom of the third is the drop, uh, and uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I, I, Roger, we keep talking about the the Braves. The Braves are going to make a move. The Braves have more talent than anybody else in the National League East. And every time I turn around, I think they've made a little move. They drop dead. <laughs> Same with the Phillies, Don. <laughs> Same with the it's, – it's amazing. The Phillies the other night had a walk-off. I went to bed thinking the game was lost. I wake up in the morning, and they won 6-5. Uh, to five. That's Last correct. night they lose. Opposite they field home players. Run. Yeah, opposite by uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. Right. And uh, the Braves, the same thing. It looks like they get on a roll, and then they hit a brick wall. I mean, uh, I don't get it. They've made some excellent moves, I think, uh, you know, with the roster. But, uh, you know, just have to wait and see. uh and I'm I'm concerned with the Mets. I think the Mets are going to spend a lot of money in the next uh, 48 hours, and um, I would be surprised if they uh, they don't take charge in the NL East. Well, they made a good yeah. point about Rizzo a little bit ago, uh, Roy, because I know you're a big Cub man. You follow them for all your life. And uh, the Yankees have basically no really left-handed hitting at all. It's all, all right-handed hitting club. I mean, Gardner's at the end of the line. He said he won seven, 193. Uh, Wade is a, you know, I mean, they just, uh, uh, they don't really have any dominant left-handed uh, hitter, and they need left-handed hitting desperately to do anything. Uh, what do you, two clubs that are being talked about most, Bryant with the Cubs, uh, you think he's going to go, and do you think Rizzo will go? I'm, I'm not so sure about Rizzo. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. I mean, what I'm hearing is that, uh, and reading more than anything, is, is that uh, the situation with both players, in fact, a lot of position players, 
is that even A-level players like Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, are right now the best they're getting in return, team, or teams are offering in return, are B-level players. Nobody's getting, you know, top prospects, it seems. Right. Um, and I think that uh, could really derail uh, this whole effort by teams like the Cubs and some others to get rid of, uh, you know, top-level players that, uh, that they think they're going to lose in free agency and try to get something back for them before they, uh, they lose them all together, which is quite possible in the offseason. Now, look, there have also been talks, uh, at least between the Cubs and Rizzo and Cubs and, and, and Javier Baez, uh, about contract extensions. Uh, th- those talks have been uh, – they haven't been fast and furious, but they are ongoing. They, they, are, they are having the conversations. Um, and I think if they can't get a deal done, obviously they, they probably ramp those up a little bit. Um, but with Chris Bryant, I mean, he's clearly made, he's made it very clear through his agent, Scott Boris, that he's going to be a free agent next year. He will test free agency. But I still think that between the Padres and Dodgers, uh, there's probably a buyer uh, for Chris Bryant. And there may be another team out there as well. There probably is. There's probably another, another team out there. Um, that can that, that would take a chance on Chris Bryant. I mean, there's been talk about the Mets. You know, Roger, you just mentioned it. Um, they could put him at third, move move JD Davis out. You could put him in left field. Uh, you could do a couple of things with Chris Bryant because he's played all over the outfield. He's played first base, played third base. Could become like a uh, a super utility guy with uh, with an A level bat. So um, there, a lot could be done there. But I, I still think Chris Bryant's going to go. But again. Uh, unless somebody like the Yankees or Red Sox can really come up with uh, the pieces, it may take a three-team deal to get Rizzo uh, to New York or Boston, but we'll see what happens here uh, going forward. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, pitchers are, 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 are going to be had. You're going to see pitchers move, um, starting pitchers in particular. Max Scherzer probably going to go out west as well. Um, but some of these position players, may, maybe not the, that may not be the case with them. Tommy, your bailiwick is the Rays. You're right there. You work with the with the Lightning as well as the Rays, and they right. made a, a quick move early. They jumped the gun a little bit and uh, picked up a player. Uh, what, what's the story with the Rays, Tommy? I think, I think right, right now just the, picked up the key bat in that lineup, everybody. Just uh, you picked it, you know, Cruz in that lineup right now. Power, you know, he, he can get you 35 home runs, 100 RBIs, and if he can do that, but my main, my main grief is, is just the, why in the hell did the Cleveland change the name for the Indians? It's tradition since 1915, <laughs> so the Guardians? Oh, come on. Give me a break, for God's sake. I mean, it, it, that's gone too far. Because if you look at the Indians media guide, guys, the Indians were named after a chief on uh, – an Indian chief on, on, right on Cleveland 40 on, on Lake Erie. And that was an honor for him to name that. But I looked at that logo, Guardians, but man, if anything has the old Chief Wahoo on there, David, it's going to be worth a lot of money down the road, guys. I mean, this, you know, spend time in Cleveland. I'll, you know, I'm embarrassed to even watch that. You know, well, you know, we'll see what there. Roy, i got to say is... thank you very much. Brian Bradley is oh. waiting in the wings uh, to chat a little bit about the Lightning, not only winning the the Stanley Cup, but also the moves that have been made already, uh, the moves that are about to be made, and how the draft looks. So, Roy, thank you very, very much, and nice to be back together with you after a three-week vacation, and we'll do yes, it again sir. next week. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it as always. Before he gets, gets, gets finished. Okay, Roy? 
I just wanted to give you yep. on this Phillies uh, uh, Washington situation. Uh, Twelve players tested positive uh, for the uh, and and uh, I think it's eleven of them uh, had the vaccine. And so it, it's amazing how some are testing positive and yet they've had the vaccine and they have no symptoms. So it's crazy. You're exactly right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, and I'll leave you with this, guys, is even though you've had the vaccine, you can still get this variant, but you just won't have any symptoms. You won't feel sick. But the, the fear is you can pass it on to people who don't have the vaccine. So really, at right. this point, it's, right. it, it comes down to this. If you don't want to get sick, you yeah, get a vaccine. You want to get sick? Take your chances. Take your chances. <laughs> Take care, Roy. Have a great week. Thanks, Roy. Thanks Take care, Roy. Thank you once Thanks, again. Roy. And, uh, Brian, let's bring you in right now. And first of all, uh, <laughs> talk a little bit about we haven't had a chance. We've been on vacation the last couple of weeks. Just to pass along our congratulations on the Stanley Cup uh, championship and what Coop was able to do uh, with that club and a couple of the moves that he's made since. Uh, a couple have surprised me. Uh, give me your impression of what the, what the Lightning have done so far. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, Tommy's there, Frank. You know what? Uh, I mean, you know what? They they knew going into the season that it was going to be uh, a different roster coming in next year. So, right. I mean, let's mm-hmm. just talk about uh, the team. I mean, to go back-to-back, to win the back-to-back, what they did last year was just amazing. I mean, you know what? In front of their family, friends, and, and, and you know, the fans. Yeah. I mean, it was a special team. All the records, Vasilevsky and goal with five shutouts in back-to-back games. And, you know, mm-hmm. they hadn't lost back-to-back games in like 13 games or over two years. I mean, their record from 2015 to now is the best. I mean, they're going to go down as one of the better best teams in NHL history. Um, only three teams have ever won back-to-back, I think. And uh, uh, the Lightning are right down with some of the best teams ever play. I mean, yep. this team was very special, and uh, they played hard. But they knew going into this next season that they would lose guys like Tyler Johnson left, Barkley Gaudreau's gone, Yanni Gord got picked up by Seattle, mm-hmm. um, you know uh, uh, Coleman got picked up by Calgary today. So I mean, you know what? It, that's part of the game. I mean, you know, but they won two Stanley Cups, so those guys delivered. They played great, and you know what? We wish them all the best. That's all you can Tommy. do, Brian. That's all you can do, Brian. Congratulations on that cup. Did you tell the fans out there we had to vote parade? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was at the vote parade. That was awesome. I had a great time. Because last year it was just for the players. And this year they had management and, and, and you know, like uh, the players' management, the staff. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, you know what? Uh, so it was a spectacular time. But I think the most, the most real great – like – I mean, when you look at the playoffs when they beat Florida, Florida was – that was a great series, you guys. Yeah. They beat them four mm-hmm. games to two. But I'll tell you, I was at the game in Florida, the first game they played there, and they won 5-4, four, four, I think, and Braden Point scored the winning goal. That right. was unbelievable game. Physical, tough, fast, scoring, power plays. Kucherov's first game back. I mean, it was just – honestly, it's one of the best playoff games I've seen in five years. Um, and then they played Carolina, and you know what? Carolina was tough, but you know what? We beat them four to one. But I was at in Carolina and in Tampa too. But we were just a better team. Carolina had some injuries, but the Islanders series was tough again. I mean, you know what? We were battle tested going into that one, and you know to win Game Seven against the Islanders. I was in New York yeah. when they beat us, 
in game uh, in game five, I think, up there. No, game, game four. No, game six. But, uh, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, the fans were going crazy. They, you know, they want the cup, but then we came back and won. But, you know, Montreal, Montreal just got – they ran into a juggernaut. And let's be honest with you. If I had to talk about all the three series or four series we played, Florida, Carolina, the New York Islanders, and, and Montreal, Montreal was our weakest opponent. Exactly. By far. Mm-hmm. No, How about no the uh, move they you made, know? making a trade with the Rangers? Did that surprise you a little bit? And did the player that went over tri- surprise you as well? Who's the, who was the trade? Who was the trade for? I, uh, a couple draft choices. With the New York? Yes, with New York, a couple draft choices. But and I who did we get or who did we give away? Because there's so many trades that happened today. Bar- Barkley, I think. Let's see. Oh, Barkley Gaudreau for the Rangers? Oh, he just yeah. signed like a $23 million deal. He was a free agent, you guys. Right. I mean, you know, good for him. You know, he's a veteran guy. He won two Stanley Cups, came from San Jose Sharks. And you know what? He, he's going after money now. We can't afford them. And same as Coleman. Coleman makes – he signed a $4.8 million or $4.9, year deal in Calgary. I mean, we, we, can't, we couldn't pay those guys that money. We don't yeah. have the money in, in Tampa. But uh, you know what? And, and it's the same as Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord makes five million dollars, and uh, you know what? We love Yanni. I mean, he's the guy that hurts the most because he was so good. He's a competitor, yes, he and he plays great every game. He just gives it everything he's got. I love Yanni Gord the way he plays. But at the end of the day, we couldn't keep him. So you know what? They had to make some decisions. And same as you know, Tyler Johnson, who had a really good playoffs on the fourth line. Uh, you know, with Maroon and Ross Colton, but you know we couldn't keep him, so he had to, he went to Chicago, and we got, you know, Brent Seabrook, but it, it was just a money flip. So he's going to be, you know, he's not even going to play here. He's just going to be, you know, bought out, like you know, more or less, um, like Kucherov. He's going to be like, uh, you know, like he's not going to play, so they're just going to have his contract. Uh, you know, it's going to be paid through insurance. Roger, Brian, uh, this is Roger, and I just. Uh... Getting back to what you were saying about, and that that's so true, about uh, how many teams have ever won uh, back-to-back Stanley Cups. Well, all of us uh, the uh, were from are from Philadelphia, so we remember very well the '73, '74, '75, '76 Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, I think that uh, talk about that because you know you know hockey. Uh, how about comparing the Lightning to those teams in any way? Uh, do you see any similarities? Well, you know what? I, I will say this. You know what? The, the Lightning team of the last two years could go down as some of the best teams to ever play. I mean, honestly, guys, I mean, when you're looking at – let's just look at their forwards, for instance. I mean, their top two lines with, you know, Braden Point, you know, Platt, and Kucherov. Unbelievable. I mean, Point mm-hmm. Kucherov are crazy. And Point just signed for $9.5 million for like six years or seven years mm-hmm. or $76 million. But he's worth every penny, that kid. He's a great player. He's humble and kind. And you know what? Then the second line was Stamkos, Klorn. I love Klorn and Sorelli. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stamkos, you know what? He, he just, you know, he's getting the end of his career right now. But then, you know, the, the third line we had this year with, you know, you know, Yanni Gord, Coleman, and Barkley Gaudreau, probably the best third line in hockey, maybe ever, maybe ever. 
I mean, you're talking about Mad Dog Kelly and guys like that back in the day that just skated around. I think that line could be the best third line ever to play in the NHL. And in our fourth line with Tyler Johnson and, uh, you know, Patty Maroon and Ross Colton, who scored the game-winning goal in game, in game five, I mean, the only two guys that weren't on the Stanley Cup last year were, was uh, assisted in the goal was, was Mark Savard and, uh, and, and, Bark, and, uh, and Ross Colton scored the goal. Th- those two guys set up. They, one guy passed, the other guy scored it. The only two guys that weren't on the team last year were involved in the winning goal to win the Cup. That's crazy. But those guys, that, those four forward lines are as good as any forward lines maybe – you know, I'm not talking about Gretzky, but overall, they were amazing, those four forward lines. And then you got the defense. The defense, to me, is probably one of the best defense to ever play. I don't care what anybody says. They're big. They're all six foot two, six foot three. They're fast. They're physical. They make plays. They pass the puck tape to tape. I mean, you know what? Hedman's amazing. He was injured with a – he had a torn uh, meniscus. He's getting a repair, and he'll be back. But, you know – uh, you know, uh, Ryan McDonough to me was unbelievable, plus 18 or 19 in the playoffs. I thought he was the best defenseman in the playoffs by far. Nothing against the headman. And then you got Sergachev, Chernak, um, you know, Savard, um, and then you got uh, Ruda. I mean, they're all big. They're all make physical. And then, you know, Shen was amazing. And then, you know what? You got the last piece of the puzzle. And nothing against anybody else, but Vasquez could be the best goalie maybe ever to play this game. You know, he can, if he keeps winning the way he's doing, you're talking about, I mean, hey, I know Bernie Perrant was a great goalie. He won a couple cups. You know, Patrick Waugh is up there. You know, Marty Berdur, Dominic Kasich. But this kid is amazing. He's only 26 years old. Cool boy. I mean, he's young for a goalie. So like, and also we've got, in the news today, you can talk about tools. Fury. He was uh, a nice uh, – Decided to move him, but yet he's going to make a personal decision as to whether he wants to continue playing or not. And other news yeah. was that Lou Lavarella, uh with the Islanders, who gave you know the the Lightning pretty much all they could handle. They, they that was one of the best series of the group. And uh, oh yeah, that supposedly they have seventeen point six million dollars to spare uh, going into the free agent market. So how does the Lightning stand financially looking at the free agent market? How much? space do they have in a cap? Well, they're, you know, they were over last year, obviously. We all know with Kucherov. Um, but, you know, I think they're getting closer down to that $81 million now. But, you know, here's here's the thing about it is Tommy and, and you know, and, and everybody there, Frank, and, and, and you know what, uh, they, they uh, there's going to be guys that sign here, like Belmore signed here, Zach Bogosia signed here. I mean, you know, uh, Luke Shen signed in Vancouver, but you know what? At the end of the day, you're going to get some veteran guys come here and play, like Bogosia and Belmore, where, you know what? They're, like, looking at their thing. Don't be surprised if a guy like Zach Parisi, you know, and I'm just throwing names out there, high-end guys that just got bought out of contracts for $40, $50 million. And, you know, they don't need the money, guys. They, 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 just, they just made $100 million in their last 10 years, so they don't care. Money doesn't mean anything. So they're sitting there looking at teams going, like, to their agent. And if I'm a guy like them, I'm saying, look, money doesn't mean anything to me. I want to win a Stanley Cup. That's all I want right. to do. I want to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So where am I going to go play to do this? I'm not going to uh, Phoenix 
They're not winning. Vancouver, no. You know, like Columbus, no. Um, Calgary, no. So what teams have really got a chance to win? Tampa. But they're under a cap crunch. So, like, you know what? I made $89 million in my last six years. So, you know what? I'll talk to my agent, and well, let's call Julian Breezeby, Zach Breezy. I'll play on the third line for $750,000. That's right. They want the cup. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. Brian Bradley is our special guest. And uh, talking yeah. to Brian about the Lightning, he's with the Lightning and uh, trying to check in on a number of things. Tommy, you're up next. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Brian, I think that was a great series to win the, to win the series at home. And it was, it, was, it was great to see that. But I, but I think um, I'll take that 2004 Ruslan Fenantinko two goals in game seven versus Calgary over the game was just played because, you know, we were – because Andy won his first cup, and thanks to Daryl Sedora, Tim Taylor, I mean Chris Segre, you go on and on with those those guys. But I, and Nikolai, you know, you know, Hobby Boone, the Berlin Wall was great too. But but you got you got to give one person credit for this year's Stanley Cup, Coach John Cooper. Yeah. The together, the machine runs great. He shuffled those guys in and out. He should have got Coach Coach of the Year. Bazzi should have got the. Um, yeah. He still got that Bezidum trophy. What in the hell is Mark Andre Fleury did in the regular season? When he did in the playoffs, he bowed out. Look what Bazzi did. He won game seven. Yeah, I Yeah, I agree with you, Tommy. I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, you know what? The 2014 first question was that was a great team. I mean, yeah. you know what? It's hard to really compare. I mean, you know, I think last year's team maybe wasn't as good, but I think this year's team was better than the old four teams. They just had more depth. They had more everything. Their defense was better. I think the goaltending was better, and they had they had maybe more skilled up front over four lines. This was one of the best teams ever in Tampa Bay Lightning history, this this 2021 team that won the Cup. There was no one even that yeah, was in the same boat uh, the as them. They were just the, that good. I just want to say the Lightning picked up a tremendous addition in Brian Elliott as a backup goalie. Yeah, the goalie. Yeah. And here the Flyers got uh, – they needed to get a new one. They got Martin Jones, and it cost them $2 million. So I would say that the Lightning got a steal. Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I agree know. with you guys. Yeah, that's a great trade with Brian Elliott, you know, you know. He got a, he's, you know, he played in Philadelphia, you know, but uh, he was originally drafted, I think, by Ottawa, but, uh, you know, he's been around. And you know what, the guy, he's, he's, been, he's played in two All-Star games, Brian Elliott, you know. Right. I mean, he's, I know he's from there. He's, you know, he's played over 500 games in the NHL, been in a couple All-Star games, and, you know, had a really good career in St. Louis, originally drafted, I think, in, in, in Ottawa. But, I mean, you know, a good pickup because, you know what, when you look at what's going to happen next year, Elliot's going to come in here and he's going to be a backup to Bazzi. We all know that. But at the end right. of the day, he'll play 25 games. But you know what? It's a, it's a good addition for us because, you know what? I mean, we're signing these guys right now. They're all assigned for seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars $900,000, which is that's all we can afford right now. We have to stay in the cap. So, you know, getting rid of Yanni Gord, getting rid of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Johnson. We just unloaded like 10 or $12 million. So, I mean, you know, we have to keep it right in that thing. So we're doing a good job. We're upgrading, but we're adding guys. Zach Bogosia. I love Zach Bogosia. I mean, right. I wish he was here last year for us. 
Um, but, you know, they, he played in Toronto for a year and decided to come back here and sign a three-year deal. Good for him. Great place to play. And he's going to be a good addition to the team in our top well, six. Brian, yes, Brian one of the things I'd like you to address before we run out of time, I, we've talked now for the better part of 10 years about the administrative decisions that the Rays have made to keep competitive and get to the World Series. They haven't won it all, but they, they're competitive every single year. The Lightning have basically done the same thing. I mean, they have a, administratively, even though they lose people, they still have the organization still stays strong. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think just the the Rays. It just it just comes down to the, you know what the Rays are a great organization. They're well. Uh, they have great scouts and a great manager there. But at the end of the day, it's just like. It just seems like whenever their guys get to the next level, they just, you know, I mean, in baseball, it's so hard because, you know what, guys, you know, in hockey, it's an $81 million cap, you know, and, and you have to be at 60. In baseball, you have teams that are like, it'd yeah. be like in hockey if, if, if there was no cap and teams were at $120 million and the Lightning were at 60. You're not going to beat the teams at $120 million. You're not. They're just too good. Right. You know, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, the Rays are going against the Yankees and the Red Sox. What are their salary caps right now? Like, how much money do they have? $250 million to the Rays, 70 or 60? Well, ESPN say right now that the Yankees are about to finalize the deal with Gallo. It should be announced maybe before the game's over tonight. So Cashman's starting to make some moves. But I was talking more from a general manager standpoint and an ownership standpoint how well the Lightning have been able to take one transition to another transition to another one to put this team together, as you indicated, that may be the best of all time to win two in a row. And the Rays have done basically the same thing. They haven't won it all like the Lightning did, but they've been able to maintain, even though they they lose their general manager, he goes to to the Dodgers. They lose their general manager, he goes. But they continued from an administrative standpoint to put teams together. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But at the end of the day, it's hard to compete with the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Dodgers when they're throwing money around, which the Rays don't have the money to throw around. Oh, no I question. I mean, that's that, why it doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I feel bad for the Rays because, you know what, they, they have such a good team, and, you know, they need to just add a couple pieces to the puzzle. But that might mean signing a guy for 10 or $15 million, and sometimes they don't want to do that. And at the end of the day, you know, it always is the same thing. The Dodgers, you know, every the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and then there's always a team that maybe slides in there once in a while. But hockey's different. I mean, they have a cap. There's a hard cap and a soft cap, and you live by the rules. I mean, there's no there's no teams that are at sixty five million dollars in hockey in and here, other Frank. teams at one hundred forty million. You know it just doesn't work. No. Brian, and I'll tell you, that's one of the things about the NFL where you can have a down team one year and it can be up there the next year uh, because of the sharing, okay? And I I think a down – and well, there's probably more sharing in the NHL than there is, uh, uh, you know, definitely in baseball. But I think baseball's salvation is going to have to change uh, where it's spread out more. I mean, you know, with the, yeah, the minor, I, the, the smaller markets. Yeah, it has to. Go ahead. I mean, that's what happened in to. hockey. I mean, 
Yeah, it happened in hockey back in the 90s when I played. I mean, when we came down here our first year in camp or our first few years, we were yep. at $25 million salaries. That was our salaries. And just like the Rays, we were playing against Detroit, Toronto, Boston, maybe mm-hmm. Montreal, where Detroit, they had salaries at $90 million back in the 90s with Iserman, Federoff, Mike Vernon, Shanahan, uh, Paul Coffey, Dino Cicerelli. How are we going to play against those guys when their salaries are at $90 million and we're at 25? I mean, their right. third, their third line is as good as our first. It's not fair. And that's what we all realize right. in hockey. You, you, you got to keep, keep it equal for the fans. It's not fair. I mean, you know what? If you're going to throw all-star teams together like basketball is doing, like Brooklyn Nets, I mean, how do you beat those guys when they have like three superstars on their team? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, they got injured this year, but let's be realistic. If they didn't have the injuries, Milwaukee would have never won the NBA. They had that's one right. guy. They had Durant. The other two guys were hurt. You know, James Harden and uh, Kyrie Irwin never even played in the final series. If those guys played, they never would have beat Brooklyn. Never. I would have put any money and, on that and one. Brian, if Ben Simmons had dunked the ball, they uh, they may never have won either. No, uh, the Milwaukee. Yeah, Sixers would have won. But it, but you know, you, when you have guys that are making forty million dollars and there's no cap on guys like that, how, hmm. you can't you can't beat those guys. Like as LeBron and, goes and, to those places, well, how do you I, win? I don't think there was anybody that freaky great this year. <laughs> He, uh, yeah. I'll tell you, he, he just had a fantastic, fantastic series. Absolutely great. Uh, every single game, he was a, he was really a catalyst. In fact, in the final game, I think he scored. I'm not sure exact number, but I think he scored more than half the points of the total of the whole team. Yeah, no, he was no, he's amazing he was player, Jonas, the guy on, uh, you know. But like, I will tell you this: if if I will say it again that Milwaukee would have never beat Brooklyn with the three guys in their lineup. Even if they would have had two, it was over. They, would, they weren't even close to Brooklyn right. in terms of like, if James Harden was healthy and Kyrie Irwin and, and Durant, they would have never beat them. They would have lost four games to one. I'd put money on that one. I mean, the only, I, I, the only guy I agree. That I think the they were series, a better team. The only, the only thing guy is that, that I'm, the whole... I'm not one that I'm not one that believes in putting superstars together. Uh, Yankees thought they had yeah. a bunch of superstars too. Look where they are. I, I you know, you yeah. may be right. They may have won it in you know five games or whatever, but I'm not so sure. Uh, they didn't win all. You know, unfortunately, they didn't have a. I think they played what uh, 11 games where they all played together uh, out of the whole bunch. Yeah, I know. So uh, exactly, we we really can't prove it one way or the other. But and now no. look what Durant look what Durant's doing with the Olympic team. He's had a tough time beating anybody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But anyway, well, Brian, it's tell me you have to catch yeah. an early plane and and, yeah. and get out early. So I Frank just said, uh, I want to say thank you very very much for joining us. Yeah, and, we appreciate you being yeah. with us, Brian. Thank you, Brian. And we'll catch you. you we'll you catch guys. you during the off season, nice. and we'll catch you during the draft. And we'll catch you during the free agents so you can fill us all in on the best of the best. Thank you very much, Brian. You betcha. Thanks, Have a great Brian. night, guys. Thank Go you, Brian. Bro. You too. That's right. Thank, Thank you, you Brian. Bye. I'll tell you what, a lot going on in the NHL with free agency right now. Let me tell you. Yep. Yep. Uh, Sonny Hill uh, didn't answer his phone, but we have a caller here. Uh, caller, you want to go ahead and talk? Hi. This is Sharon. Uh, 
most of you know me as friends. Hi, Sharon. I, hi. So. I just wanted to say thank you for allowing the show to be dedicated to my sister. I'm going to get upset. I'm, I won't be on long. I just wanted to say, if any of you are betting people, put your money on the Jets for the Super Bowl. Just as hey. Bobby Bug died <laughs> long enough for the Eagles to finally win. My sister is a fanatical Jets fan. And Uh-oh. this is the real news bulletin. Joe Namath is coming out of retirement to quarterback the winning team because that was her, <laughs> that was her quarterback. You're, you're our prognosticator, but uh, hey, thank you so much for, uh, you I know, Frank that. made the dedication at the top of the show and, and so well-deserved. And uh, yeah. as we follow, not only do we follow uh, Frank and his youngsters and his grandchildren, we follow the family. And uh, exactly. Frank is, is a part of everybody's family that uh, it, it has been associated with this program since the very outset. So. Nice. I just thank you so much for your contribution. No, it's always nice when you, you join us. Thank you. Thank you, And Sharon. also, I know you all know what a person Frank is, but I would not have gotten through last week if, if it wasn't for him. So. Uh, okay. Well, you know, you know what they say, Sharon, behind every successful man, there's a great woman. There you are. And I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> Jesus Christ, don't no, wind her up, Roger. It's always a difficult Wait time, a and, and uh, oh, it's okay. not just a difficult time that day or the next day. It's a, a difficult time for time to come, and uh, uh, we've all gone through it at different stages, different parts right. of our families, and uh, it's not something you just get over real quickly, and uh, you like to have the support of, of people around you, and I think that's what Frank has always uh, gotten because I have so much admiration for Frank and for his family that, uh, you know, it, you're going to get all the support you need. Okay, and I get it from my grandsons, my children. Yes, you really do. Absolutely. And also because, her and, children. And, and you before, give it to them. You know, look, look at great family you have. And, you know, Don's I, right. Don and I lost our first wives. Within what, what, Don? Five months of each other. Oh, my God. Yep. 97. Yeah, cancer. Uh, we've, we've, we've seen cancer uh, firsthand. And every time uh, I get one of the cards or notes about, you know, supporting the cancer fund uh, at St. Jude's Hospital especially, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, yep. I can't wait to do it. And uh, uh, right. I've done it for years. And I know, Frank, uh, you probably have too. And, and Roger, he... He also has done exactly the same thing through all kinds of different uh, donations. But, hey, it all helps. Uh, we're we're yep. trying to support the people that supported us for so many years. Hey, guys, so again, before she gets off, you, can you – uh, let you get back to your show. Wait a minute, wait a minute, for oh, real. Oh, oh. Wait, wait a guys, minute. before she gets off, before she gets off, can I get a, 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 um, a, a joint thing, joint hurrah uh, for her? Uh, because she's going to have to do my back for all the shit I did the last uh, two weeks here. So I, I, I'm going to get a... <laughs> you got right. the I'm best hurrah in the world for me. Anybody can help do his back. <laughs> hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call Frank in about a month and see if I ever followed through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <right>. oh, oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh. <laughs> We'll, we'll make you happy to tell you the Rays just scored a run. They got two outs in oh, the sure. 
in the inning, and a runner on Thank third, but he's got to run home to take a one nothing lead. Well, you you yeah, the uh, Mets are up over the Braves, one nothing too. Right. God bless, well, Sharon. I'm sorry you haven't hit my team, the Phillies, yet. So. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm listen, I'm sure it's Eagles. the same as ours. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. we'll take it easy. Thank you again so much. Thank oh, you. You're God more bless. than welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Roger, I, I didn't get all the details on the – I haven't had shit yeah. put on NBC Sports Philadelphia. I've been watching the no. Yankee game. Uh, you said 11 players were affected. There. Were they all on the Phillies or were, were no, they no, Washington. Washington. All Washington. Boy, they, what happened is, a tough step between football and baseball. They're having a hell of a time with the COVID. Well, yeah. You're right, and I'll tell you what, Ron Rivera and probably Frank and Tommy, you saw the same thing, and three of us, the four of us. Ron Rivera, when he found this out, that they, not even 50%, he went ballistic, I understand. And my Mm -hmm. question is, and, and this is for all of you, I don't understand how a head coach in the National Football League would only find out the first day of camp that 50 players are not, or 50% are not vaccinated. Why wouldn't you uh, be tracking this, okay, throughout the uh, off season? I, I don't get it. I mean, you know, is it against the uh, the uh, CBA? I, I don't think so. You know, to to find out, you know, how are you doing? I mean, they're not, I know they're not allowed to talk, but there's other ways to uh, to get around it. But it was like a real surprise, and he was really ticked off. And uh, but that's what it was, Don. It was I think it was twelve and eleven of them uh, had had the uh, vaccine, uh, but then they showed uh, symptoms, and that's yeah. why uh, they uh, they postponed the game till tomorrow. Yeah, that secondary they have that secondary symptom where you have to wait and, and uh, follow up with the tests and all. Uh, right. I don't know. We you know we talked about it so much the first half hour and. Common sense just doesn't dictate. I mean, how in the world could anybody, rationally thinking person, think? And especially if you're in a team situation, don't you want to protect the other players on your team? I mean, less than 50%, and you're going to go to training camp today, and you're going to be on the field in close contact with your team, your teammates, and you're the, the chance of giving them the virus? I mean, it doesn't seem possible to me. I'm with you. What, what, Frank and Tommy, what do you think? Well, let me ask you this. If you're, if you are a roommate of someone who, who comes down with it, where's the liability? Now we got, we have, we have a moral liability and we have a financial liability. If I, if I can't play because, uh, I got it from you, uh, there's going to be problems. And you know, I agree. it doesn't just stay doesn't just stay with those twelve. It goes from there on down, right, all the way down the uh, through the out the roster. Yeah. You're exactly right. Right, that, that doesn't me. make any sense, Tommy. No, yes, sir. Well, I think about that. You know, you know, they, you know, everybody professional sports knows what they went through last year. Why don't you prepare yourself? Get the get the shots, the vaccine, because have a perfect record, but, you know, Don and everybody in baseball, you know, these players are, you know, they have to leave the clubhouse, they're their free people, they can do whatever they want, 
get to the ballpark at a certain time. But I think in baseball, there should be some kind of restriction for these players. Just go back to the hotel room and, and do nothing. Get ready for the game. But no, they want to meet friends. They want to party it up. They want this and that. And, it's, and that's totally wrong. It's totally wrong with, they, you know, with these. Well, I agree. I'll tell you what I did here on the NFL is that if they have not been vaccinated, they have to come in at 6.30 in the morning, an hour early, uh, you know, to be checked out and everything. And I can tell you from the vaccine, um, I had the Moderna. Uh, Rita had the Moderna. We all did. And uh, no uh, no re- repercussions, no re- uh, reaction at all. Um, I will say that my daughter, uh, who's 41, uh, had the Johnson & Johnson. And she had a real uh, reaction to it. Uh, she mm-hmm. had uh, trouble getting up steps for uh, one or two days. And, uh, of course, my son and his family had it, except for my granddaughter, had the virus. And it really took its toll. But then he got, and I guess they all did, They uh, well, the kids are too young. But the, uh, the, he and his wife got the, the uh, vaccination. Now, my oldest daughter, who's 51, she has told me that she is not getting the vaccination. But she and her husband are no longer on the road in the trucking business. And uh, they live in Sarasota because Don knows where they live. And uh, she just said that she uh, always had a reaction uh, to the uh, flu, vac- uh, flu uh, vaccine. So, you know, I disagree, and uh, I think that uh, that, but that, if that's the way it is, because, you know, I don't live uh, with her, and she's 51 years old. I mean, you're, you're going to make that decision? That's up to you. I disagree with it, but that's it. Yep, they got to make their own decisions, and uh, we mentioned Sonny Hill was going to join us, but he couldn't this evening, so we're going to jump ahead. Uh, Mike Simzak is ready to go, and Mike, boy, uh, you're the hottest number in town right now because uh, soccer's all over the world going on big time. The uh, Washington baseball team, the Nationals, uh, uh, they're all, well, Roger and I have talked about this for five years, their all-time super pitcher's gone now for not only this year, but who knows when he's ever coming back. And uh, they also have a pitcher that people think they were going to trade, but he's got a 5-10 and ten clause, so... Uh, I don't know that they can trade him, but uh, let's get to your information because you're right on top of it. Well, gentlemen, I wouldn't normally start with a pithy comment, but it's been so long since I've talked to you, I'm just going to say hello. And it's nice to talk to you again. Welcome back. Welcome back is right. Where's the theme song from Welcome Back, Cotter? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Right. (laughs) Right. Good song, uh, how are you all doing? I hope that you guys uh, enjoyed a nice fourth and a good break. Um, again, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Frank and his family on the passing of his sister-in-law. But, uh, um, yes, where do you want me to start with this whole entire thing that we talk uh, Washington sports and soccer? Well, let's start with the Nationals first because, uh, you know, Scherzer has been uh, talked about, talked about, talked about, but he's a 5-10. and ten. Uh, Strasburg, uh, uh, he doesn't do anything except get operated on. And <laughs> they gave him an unbelievable contract. So uh, what is the feeling in Washington? I want to be St- Stephen Strasburg when I grow up. 
to be <laughs> able to be in major leagues for that long, produce for one season, get all that guaranteed money, and then basically be on the shelf for the next two seasons. Um, I want to know what is going through the heads of the Washington uh, Nationals brain trust because it was clear before last season that they made a decision to keep Strasburg after the World Series and let Anthony Rendon go. Now you signed him to Strasburg to his mega contract. He was on the shelf all last year, missed the whole entire season. This year, same thing. But then even prior to that, he'd never really been able to stay healthy. This is a guy that they drafted at the top thinking he was going to come in and change the game. And in his entire, what, nine, ten-year major league career, I think he's played two full seasons. You know, Mike, it, let me ask you this. I, I, I know it's a it. neck injury. I know it's got to be a, an operation. What, what exactly is wrong with his neck? What, what is the operation? All I've heard is that it's a nerve impingement of some sort. But when it comes to Steven Strasburg and being on the shelf, if he came back next year and missed the whole entire season because he had colic, I would not be surprised. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, Mike, uh, you're exactly right. Don and I talked about this when Strasburg first came up, and they were putting him in the Hall of Fame before he really pitched the one one batter. And, I mean, it just goes to show you how you cannot predict anything like that. I mean, it's Rogers, stupid Rogers, the predict. same thing we're talking about, the Brooklyn Nets, the same thing. They were going yeah. to go to the World Series. They had the NBA championship all wrapped up. What happened? Same thing. Well, you're right. And how about the Eagles a few years ago with the Dream Team? Okay, <laughs> the Dream Team. You know, and they, they fell flat on their faces. You, you Go know, ahead, and, Mike. And, uh, Roger, I agree with you. I, I think, like, everybody had anointed Stephen Strasburg when he came out of San Diego State. You know, he was throwing – 103-mile-an-hour fastball with consistency. He had – 86-mile-an-hour uh, change-up and a devastating curve. He was – I think that what everybody expected was he was going to have the career because he had the stuff that Justin Verlander had. And we were looking at him right. expecting him to be what Justin Verlander has been. But the difference is Verlander has been pretty durable throughout his career. Strasburg has not. And – Outside of the World Series MVP season, he really just has not put together a full season. But when it comes to pitching, potential talks. And they're willing to put up with this because when he is there, he can be a game winner. But he's getting to the point where I'm, I'm almost thinking that he's going to go over the Mendoza line where he's going to have this more games than he's actually played. Right. How about Scherzer? Uh, you know, the Nats came out earlier this week through rumors and innuendo and basically said everybody on the team except Juan Soto is available. Scherzer does have the 10-5 and five rights. And it seems 
like he would be willing to accept the trade to a West Coast team that was able to give him an extension. So what we do know is he'd be willing to go to West Coast. What we also know is he does not want to go to New York. We know also that the Nats are very reluctant to trade him to anybody in the division. So Mm. the most likely destination that I can come up with right now is San Francisco. They have the pieces in the farm system, and leading the NL West right now, they're the most likely destination. Uh, They're also the only team out there that can afford him without incurring a luxury tax penalty. Uh, The Dodgers Mm. would be massively interested, considering what's going on with Trevor Bauer, and that's a completely different story for another day. I'm not 100% sure that they have the pieces to give the Nats to get him, because let's be honest, um, trying that, uh, even with the trade and even with their desire and his desire to move on, um, it's going to cost a little bit to get him. Uh, it, it, he would be very interesting with the Padres, but I'm not 100% sure what they have to give to get in the trade. But mm. it looks like the NL West is the most likely destination. Um, the AL West... Um, Possibly the, the, the Angels. I just don't see where any of the other teams, maybe the Rangers, but that's not really West Coast enough for him. Uh, I don't see the Athletics or the Mariners being in that market. But So most likely we're looking at a market for Scherzer that's the uh, Angels, the Dodgers, the uh, Padres, and the Giants. Roger? Yeah, that makes sense, uh, Mike. I mean, and I think the uh, the tax situation is the key there. I really do. Uh, the luxury tax. And uh, uh, well, the, the, I just saw that uh, there was a uh, on the uh, screen about that the deal is being finalized as we speak for Scherzer. Have, have you heard or seen anything more recent? Then uh, I just didn't pick it up on the Braves game on the uh, scroll at the bottom, but it did say that I the mean, deal is being if finalized. If you're seeing that at the bottom of the scroll right now, it is highly possible. What I'm talking, what I'm telling you, is the information that I had as of 3 p.m. this afternoon. Yeah. So okay, it, that that that's five hours old. But they said that trade market was going to be moved very very fast. It, it's possible. What we know is. Um, He's looking for an extension. So any team that finds him, if they can negotiate a extension for him, then that's where he's going to go. And I said he said that he would prefer to go west. The only thing that we know for sure, he doesn't want to go to New York. And I don't know where Boston fits into that. Mike, let's over hmm. before I jump over to Tommy. Let's let's jump over to the big story uh, as we talked about in the first couple of hours of the show. What's happening with the Washington Football Club? The <laughs> head coach seems to be a little bit disturbed about the way the team's coming into camp with less than fifty percent people being vaccinated. Roger brought up a very key point in the last fifteen minutes, and that was how can they not know that less than fifty percent of the people are not vaccinated? 
until they get to camp. There's no way they can follow up, find out whether they've been vaccinated or not. Well, I think that they've been in touch and said, like, all right, you know, just like any employer would. Have you been vaccinated? Have you not? If you're on a J&J, have you received a vaccination? When did you receive it? If you're doing Moderna or Pfizer, you know, when did you get your first shot? When are you scheduled? And they know. Um, Rivera, you're right, was very, very vocal yesterday with his displeasure at the rate of vaccination amongst his team. And he came out and said, like, I'm immunocompromised. I need to wear a mask. Remember, he had cancer last year. He was going through chemotherapy throughout most of the first season. You know, and saying, like, you know, come on, guys, let's do this. And they are one of the teams, I believe, that's under 50%. Now, to put it in perspective, the vaccination average in this area, you know, between D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, in the northern part of Virginia, is a high 50s, low 60%. So if they're coming in under 50, they're significantly under what the area average is. Um, you know, without getting into the politics of vaccines and things like that and allowing, you know, people to make decisions and stuff, um, it is curious that you know they're that they're in this situation, and now that they know what the penalties is, are you know that's something that Rivera and coaching staff is, and I think that what he did yesterday was very much firing a shot across the bow of his team, letting him them know like he expects more of them. It's not the first time that he has come out. And given his players some news, be it in private or public, that they may not want to hear. Like at the beginning of last year, there were a lot of players on the defense who were like, we don't like how we're being coached up. And he said, look, it's my way or the highway. Y'all were 2-14 a year before I got here. Uh, If you want to suck, do it your way. If you want to win, do it my way. And I think he's saying the same thing. And he's in charge. You know, as far as football operations go in Washington, Washington, D.C. for the Washington football team, it's Ron Rivera or nothing. So I I would say, like, how big a fight do you guys want to put? Want to put? um, Do you want to put up? And it's interesting. Now, I would like to see, you know, and we will never know who the players are who have not, because you know. If I think well, they'll know in the clubhouse because they've got their special uh, uh, procedures. As Roger indicated, they have to come in a, an hour earlier. They have to wear these shields. They have to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were thinking about putting uh, bracelets on for those that were, those that weren't. But Tommy, yeah. you're up. We haven't heard from you, so get your roar to order. There we go. But I, I also think right now, like we know, most NFL teams are carrying like. 90 players, right? What are the chances that, and I think it's going to come in, like when you get down to those last couple of cuts, it may not be about what your performance on the field is, but it may be about are you vaccinated or not? Because if you're vaccinated, you're available. If you're not, I don't know. So where I don't think like Ryan, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick 
if he's not vaccinated, he's scheduled to be the starter. I don't think they're going to cut him. But Mr. 55th man on the roster, if you don't, Ron Rivera has made it clear, like, if you're not, your tenure with this team may be short. And I wonder if there are other coaches in the NFL who are saying to players very similar things. Like, you are, if you're on the bubble, your vaccination status may come into this, and you need to make a decision accordingly. Well, Mike, let me ask you this, and Don and Tommy and Frank, I don't know the answer. Uh, when, like when I got the vaccination, it was back in February, and then you wait a month, and it was in March. Because I think, Don, uh, you and Elaine and I, and Rita and I had it like the same time, as I recall. And, right. And you had to wait a month. Do you still, I mean, I know in the J&J it's one shot, okay, because my quarter had. But I'm wondering, do you still have to wait a month to get the second shot of Moderna no, and two Pfizer? Weeks, you know? Two weeks. Oh, it's two weeks. I think it's two weeks not a month for like it used to be. Pfizer and three okay. for Moderna, but that's a, that's a prescriber yeah. thing. It's not like you can do it any quicker. Yeah. Well, Moderna yeah, was it. two weeks, uh, uh, Roger. You and yeah. I, uh, we both got Moderna, so uh, we worked no, no, on a two-week no, basis. It was, a, it, was a, it was a month between the first and the second, Don, and then it's two weeks, and then you're clear. Because mm-hmm. we had it like February 9th, and then we had it March 9th, the second one. Well, I was a little quicker than that, but I, I, yeah. I can't remember the exact, what the exact date I'm was. But I thought that's what it was. Yeah. But, but, Tommy, but, uh, Roger, I are think you there, question. Tommy, or are you sleeping? No, I'm here. I'm here. This is a great <laughs> conversation tonight. It's a great conversation right now. Well, Mike, you signed Ovechkin to a big deal. You think the window shutting down in the Capitals for getting another cup? All right, so, Tommy, I knew you were going to come out with me with this. So, yes, five years, $47.5 million. If uh, and when Ovechkin sees out this contract, he will be one of three people in Washington, D.C. sports history that has played 20 seasons for the same team. Since I'm in a trivia mood, can you all name the other two? Hmm. What's on sale? Uh, mm. But good guess. Uh, Thirteen years with the bullets. That's right. Oh, it's trying to think. Can't be. Uh, can't, can't be Dennis Maru because he played one year with the Capitals. Can't be Dennis Maru. Are you? Are you, Mike? Are you uh, happy with the signing? Uh, you know, it's a big, big number and a uh, number of years, and uh, you're talking about the best scorer in the National Hockey League right now. Are you? Are you a positive in that regard, or are you on the fence? All right, I'll give you the answer. It's Daryl Green and uh, Walter Johnson. Oh, that's right. Um, I think that it's a necessary signing for the Caps. Right. The best player in franchise history, you just can't let him walk. So much of the contract is going to be based on who he was, not who he is. I think that it gives the captain a definite window of about two years, two seasons, where they can win the uh, the Stanley Cup. Because uh, after the third season, I really feel like they're going to start playing, paying him for who he who he was, not who he could be. Right now, they have uh, three point four million under salary cap to work with. But they've also still got Ilya Samsonov, who's a restricted free agent, who they need to sign because 
if they don't re-sign him, they have no goalkeepers. And so they also need to uh, re-sign a backup goalkeeper because Vitek Vanacek was uh, taken by Kraken. So it's going to be very, very tight. Uh, we saw them make a couple of trades. Um, Zidane Char is gone. Uh, also, the defenseman uh, Brendan Dillon has gone. Uh, they did replace one of them with Michael Kempney from the Flyers. So, essentially, they're relying on a lot of the same lineup that they had last year, which was right. good enough to get them a first-round exit from the, fly- from the playoffs. Uh, unless mm-hmm. they're able to make a couple of other moves and free up some money, I, I just I don't see. But you know, when you when you're dealing with somebody like Ovechkin, you're, you're really my, my, let me interrupt for a second. What is what is Ovechkin's age? I, I really don't know what his age 35. is. Thirty five. Pardon me. Thirty five. I was taking a wild yeah. guess, guys. I don't know. No, he's thirty five. Forty seven million for somebody thirty five years old. That's a lot of money. Well, they, again, he, I think they sat there and said, how many, how many years do you anticipate playing? He said, probably until I'm 40. And they, all right, how much is it going to cost? And that's how they arrived at it, because I just don't see how they could have let him walk in free agency. But at the same time, you've you got to be careful. How much you pay? We we've seen we know what the cap penalties are in the NHL, and they are harsh for signing older players to rich long-term deals. Um, look at what the uh, Canadians could potentially go through right. with uh, Shea Weber, mm-hmm. possibly retired, and we saw that with the Flyers right. with Chris Pronger. Exactly. Uh, they, 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 there are some harsh penalties for this. Roger, so, we haven't even gotten to soccer yet. <laughs> so many things going on in the world of soccer. Happen. So, Roger, pick it up. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Mike, what did you think of the uh, the women, uh, the USA women losing to Sweden? You know, I really don't know where to go with that um, this tournament has not gone how we thought it would. But then again, the whole entire Olympics haven't gone how we thought it would. Uh, did you all see Stop. the tape of the boat propellers and, and the boat and the triathlon and the boat capsizing and the crew and, and just all the ridiculousness that has happened? Like, I'm not sure whether I'm watching the Olympics anymore or the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, it, it's really tough to, uh, I have seen teams struggle Men's and women's teams struggle Through uh, preliminary rounds Of tournaments We've all seen teams that have struggled Through early portions of tournaments You know Some are able to turn it on And Move on and do great things Others It ends very quickly Um so, taken from the men's side of things, back in uh, 2012, Spain in the Euros was going to do something, you know, remarkable like the U.S. women are. They, if the U.S. women win the gold medal, they'll be the first women's team to hold 
the World Cup and the gold medal in the Olympics, the two major tournaments for women's soccer at the same time. Spain would have become the second team on the men's side to win three major tournaments, in their case, the Euros, the World Cup, and the the Euros, in a row. They went through the, the uh, group stages of that tournament pretty much sleepwalking and then won their first one or two matches in the knockout rounds, won nothing, and everybody thought that was the end. And then they came out and absolutely housed Italy in the finals and proved how great they were. Right, And in that case, you know, they were able to turn it on when it was necessary. If I look at the Euros this year, France was by far the most talented team and the defending World Cup tournaments or champions. They slept, walked through the group stage and ended up losing to Switzerland mm. in the knockout rounds. So you never know. I hope that the USA women, for as veteran and as talented and as many fires as they've been through, have the ability to go out when they play the Netherlands, which I think it's like, it's Friday. Now, I believe it's like really, really like 1240 in the morning Friday. So mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. Thursday night. Um. I think that they have enough to get past the Netherlands team. Uh, but the Netherlands are good. Like, right now, the Netherlands, the Dutch are scoring goals for fun. They scored 18 goals, or, I'm sorry, 21 goals in the group stage. Ten against Nigeria and eight against China. On the flip side, they will give you opportunities to score. The problem is that the U.S., Outside of the 6-1 game against New Zealand, the U.S. women had – they couldn't score in a brothel with a fistful of hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I haven't, I, I haven't been uh, happy with NBC's coverage, number one. And it all started uh, on the opening ceremonies with the uh, where they featured uh, Megan – what is it? Rapini, the troublemaker, Okay. Uh, they gave her uh, all that airtime on the bus, and I, I've go, I've gone on record. Uh, you know, I'm not big into social media, but I've put it out to a number of of my friends. I think NBC totally screwed up as far yeah. as the network goes, because mm-hmm. they, on that team is Julie Ertz, whose husband's a tight end on the Philadelphia Eagles. They could have, instead of uh, spending all that time on that uh, woman, they uh, could have put it uh, Julie Ertz and then also um, the woman from South Jersey, both stars, whose husband's a oh, pro Carly golfer. Carly Lloyd, exactly. They could have had those two and would have, would have tied into their NFL coverage and their golf mm-hmm. coverage, asking Julie Ertz, what's your prediction of the NFL this year? You could have gotten more people because there's more people that despise that woman than like that woman. Okay. Roger, the ratings were terrible. I know. The ratings were terrible because it was an awful production and nobody wants to pay, pay attention. And it is. To be You're honest. exactly right, Mike. And then the it's other thing they did was they went to the Peacock Network. They tried to force you over there to the Peacock Network. 
And that didn't work out very well because half the people couldn't get it. You know, you didn't have to pay for it during the Olympics. You had to pay after the Olympics were over. I think it was $2 or something a month for some part of it and $8 or something for another part of it. But they tried to force people into the peacock, and uh, boy, oh, boy, they, they, they couldn't people produce it. Where, where commercials came up, they had blank air. <laughs> I mean, uh, unbelievably bad. I mean, it, it's and the other part of it is, you know, these are the events are about twelve hours ahead. Unlike when China yeah. had the Olympics, they flipped the clock so that most stuff was occurring. So the uh, the finals were in the morning, and then the preliminaries were in the evening. So they were kind of keeping up. So that was live. Japan either won't or can't. You know, as far Rogers Rapino goes, um, lover or hater, in the words of, of Muhammad Ali, at least you're watching, right? You know, he doesn't care whether 50% I'm not watching of her. 50, 50% of her, you hate him. Everybody's watching it, and I'm not going to get into her politics or anything like that except to say, like, she has been a good servant to the U.S. Women's Club, whether you like her or not. She's been a good player for them, but she's one of the reasons why they're in the production that they're in because she's not putting the ball in the net. Carly Lloyd's not putting the ball in the net. Eric Morgan's not putting the ball in the net. Outside of the game that they played against New Zealand, which was a team that hadn't played together in 18 months, they haven't scored a single goal. So they're going to need to figure that one out. And they, got more, the they got more publicity on the Swedish team wearing shorts instead of uh, bikini bathing suits. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, it's unbelievable. I, I, you know, uh, I, I don't this know. Is, I, I, I just, mean, uh, Don, this, this, is, this, this is the post-COVID Olympics. And um, I think we just need to all accept it for what it's going to be. And I'll be honest, I think I've watched like 10 minutes live. And it's simply because after – and it has nothing to do with – any of the social issues, I could care less about that. I tend not to let my social stuff interfere with my sports. I genuinely just don't care. Um, you know, it, it's hard to get to be interested in watching something that when I wake up, I already know the answer to. Mm-hmm. You know, the last USA game started at 12:40. By the time I woke up in the morning, I already knew that they had drawn with the Australia with the Australian team. Why would I be bothered to watch it? It's just it's just not been from the lack of fans in the stadium to the coverage, which because of the COVID restrictions in Japan, they're not able to get the access and have the movement that the, that, that, that the producers and the, and the personalities want. It's just Mike, I'll just say one bad. thing about it. I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, the venues are absolutely magnificent. I mean, I got to yeah. say, everything that – I agree with that, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really – every. I don't care what events you watch, whether it's softball, whether it's swimming, what – Every venue is, but as you just pointed out, Mike, and I agree with 100%, and people found out in the National Football League, with no people in the stands and basketball and hockey the same way, to me, they they should have postponed it for another year until they could at least have, with nobody there, there's no no juice. Nothing happens. And Mm -hmm. you're seeing mistakes 
that I think if it would not have been made if people had been on a natural preparation trajectory. Um, I don't know if any of y'all saw the uh, the crew, um, the crew races today. One of the boats almost drove into another, and one of the Great British boats capsized. I've been watching the Olympics for a number of times. I've never seen anything like that in a <laughs> final. Like, one of the boats, seriously, they, oh, the coxswain almost drove it into another one. Like, this does not happen. <laughs> This started the triathlon. They had a boat out in front of the women that almost chopped them up with the propellers. Like, come on, dude. I'll go out to watch it at Boathouse Row on the Schuylkill, Mike. That's right. <laughs> like, one of the skateboarders was warming up, and he's going through his practice run, and he can't compete in the Olympics because he gets a knee injury because right as he's about to go in the practice run, one of the judges walks right out in front of him. Oh, Michael, I'll tell you, I've, I've seen more things that you've never seen. In your, I mean, I've been watching baseball for a long, long time. And I never, in all these years, I don't care if it was Little League, Babe Ruth League, Major Leagues, Minor Leagues, the other night when the Yankees played four wild pitches <laughs> in one inning. I mean, there, the Yankees were ahead by a run, and before they <laughs> – the guy got off the mound. He thrown four wild pitches, and the Yankees were down by a run. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. unbelievable. We are seeing <laughs> stuff in Don. I Where did you ever see four wild pitches in a major league game and one, one pitcher in one inning? Never. Yeah. I mean, and we, and we run score stuff. with no hits or no no uh, and nothing but uh, walks. And uh, and or wild pitches. I've seen that this year. I never saw it before. Oh, I'm well, telling you. Go, go, going back to the Olympics, like Katie Ledecky, who's from this area, finishing fifth. Like I, in one of her race signature races, I'm, I'm wondering, like, if we had been on a normal competition trajectory, would we have seen anything like that? So it's hard. And, and, and going back to the U.S. women, like it's hard to imagine, you know. I'm going to take them for what they are now because that's the only thing that I have to judge them on. But with all of this, it's like where would we have been had this occurred the way that it was supposed to when it was supposed to? And I agree. Like, I'm going to go a bit further than you, Don, and say, like, we should have just scrapped it. You know, mm-hmm. forget it. It's not happening this year. Come back in 2024. Um, Dios to all the people who would have competed have been great. Like, I'm very, very sorry that this happened to you, but we saw it with the Soviet boycott of the U.S. Olympics in L.A. We saw it with the U.S. boycott of the Moscow Olympics. Like, every once in a while, things happen, and you can get drinks for free off of what could have been, but I, I almost would have rather have not seen than well, not why, well, because I'm not. Mike, you know what it comes down to. You know what it comes down to. The almighty dollar. Okay? Right. Because about, look at right. uh, all the investments that Japan ma- made into those beautiful venues, which I agree with Don. And the, the other thing is at NBC, what they invested. Because I can remember in the Seoul Olympics, that they, uh, a woman that I knew very well that worked at NBC Sports in New York, she had to go there. She was head of client relations. 
she had to go there three months out, okay, to get everything together, was not home for three months, at least three months. So there's just too much money invested in it, okay, uh, for, not only from the athletes, in my opinion, but from the, uh, the country and from the networks. I think you're talking about $6 billion is total that this Olympics six billion. to generate. Yeah, so about six. Well, they were saying right. with the ratings as low as they were, the lowest they've been in what thirty-three years or something like that. Uh, that you know, that NBC's not going to be able to recoup. I mean, if uh, oh no, you're right. Yeah, but I also think like all sports ratings throughout COVID have been astronomically off, and that's because, from my mind, we turn yeah. tune in, and most of us are watching games without fans right. there, and it's hollow. Like, why am I watching this? And yeah, but Mike, it, look at what, the, dra- look at what the, uh, the ratings were for the NFL draft. They were yeah. better than the NBA final, as I uh, <laughs> recall. And we need to get the stuff back right. on schedule so it shows up when we think it should. Like, I'm not cool with the NBA finals being played around July 4th. Uh, you know, but I will say over July 4th weekend, I was up in Philly and I got to go to uh, see the Phils and the Padres play. And it was nice to be back in the stadium, however much filled uh, Citizens Bank Park was that day. But to be back and to hear And to hear Dan Baker back doing the PA for the right. Phillies after what he went through. Yes, and it was nice. And I was there with uh, a good friend of mine from Texas. He was the best man in my wedding. And we sat there for the first time in, you know, 18 months. Life felt normal. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing and hoping that that can happen. And, you know, we talk about vaccines, masks, whatever, urging everybody, like, you know, do your part. Like, help, let's help everything get back to normal because I – you know, to go from watching the Phils play in a stadium and being able to sit around and talk and feel like the good old days to watching the Olympics with nobody in the stands, I'm like, yo, can we all just get together and agree, like, let's do our part and help get things back to normal so we don't have to deal with that so we can enjoy, deal with the stuff that we enjoy? Right. Yeah, well, Mike, you know that uh, tonight's, tonight's Phillies game was uh, was canceled because of uh, – 12 players having COVID. So yeah, I know. Uh, they're going to try um, again Trey tomorrow, Turner, but what happens? Trey Go Turner ahead. was pulled out because he tested positive for COVID. And mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was 12 of them that tested positive or 12 of them that need to enter into the protocol because they the were protocol. in contact with Trey Turner. Yeah. Um, you know, this is what we need and, to deal with, why? even when you have vaccinated players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not so much the risk of them having it because the statistics show, like, even with the vaccine, it, the, the chances of having mm-hmm. symptomatic COVID are relatively low. But it's we need to protect the right. non-vaccinated players, non-vaccinated people, mm-hmm. and, and make sure that yeah. those who are immunocompromised, like Ron Rivera, are, are, are safe Look. as well. And yeah. you know. 
You almost feel, uh, and this is as political as I'm ever going to get on the show. It's like, every, just do your part. Ooh. Like, come on, do your part. And yep. uh, we, 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 we can get back and so that we don't have to worry about games being canceled for something like this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Well, well Jones, we got two pretty good games on tonight. The Braves and Mets are tied 1-1 in the top of the uh, sixth inning, and well, now it's the bottom of the sixth. The uh, third out just recorded a pop-up to second base. And the Yankees and Rays are tied 1-1. So uh, a lot of good baseball to watch. And all we can do, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the ratings on the, uh, on the Olympics are going to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're on, Don, so it'll be very low. Well, they got you're, one you're, break. You're the question, Tony, with the COVID will be on TV tonight. So they may be a lot of big ratings in Philadelphia. <laughs> hey, Frank, well, you know, the I, Olympics it, have already it, occurred. It, we don't have to worry about the Olympics until 1240 uh, tomorrow morning. <laughs> that's right. Oh, oh, that's, right. oh, that's good. I, 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 right. is, is Doug, uh, Doug tied up tonight? Yeah, Doug, Doug's tied up with a uh, – he had a uh, scramble at uh, 6 o'clock, so he didn't think oh. he would make it. Tell me, okay. what are you watching tonight? Caller, right? We got to catch, catch up with oh, you we got and find out what you're caller, doing over Bob. there. First okay, we got a caller. caller. Yeah, Bob, you want to go ahead and talk? Oh, I was watching the Mets game. Uh, the Mets oh, are uh, tied up with what? Mets in Atlanta. Uh, Great. I was kind of hoping tied for up Alonzo. Tied up at one. I was hoping Alonzo was going to hit another home run, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Bob, where are you what? calling from? I'm calling from northern New Jersey. Oh, good. Welcome oh, aboard. okay. Yeah. Right. If you're watching well, the Mets game, as you said, it's 1-1. They just, they're at the bottom of the sixth. And now I'm watching that as we do the show and go back and forth between the Yankee game. And the uh, and the Mets game, but just so happens that both of them are tied one-one, and both of them are in the sixth inning. So <laughs> you got you got to sort of jump back and forth to keep track of what's going on. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how to watch a Phillies game myself from here. Uh, I I never really was a Phillies fan. I was uh, once upon a time. I was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Wow. That was a long time ago. Whoa. I was a little boy. We're in that I same actually, category, Bob, age-wise. Bob, what was your <laughs> what was your first year of watching the Dodgers? Listening to the Dodgers. First, what? What oh, year? year? Oh, probably uh, nineteen forty-nine, possibly. Oh, okay. I started 1944. Uh, 1944, Leo DeRocher played third. Tommy Brown played – Leo DeRocher played shortstop and managed the team. Tommy Brown was at third base. Dixie Walker at right field. Goodman Rosen uh, in center. Archie Vaughn in left. uh, 1944. Tommy, you you weren't born yet. No, that's still (laughs) – I thought Leo DeRocher was uh, manager of the New York Giants. Mm. They were the great days. They were the great days, Bob, and the Dodgers. They were the they were the yeah. cream of the crop, boy. I'll tell you for it. Till they oh, left sure. to go to L.A., uh, 
it was a lot of fun following. It was a lot of fun going to the games, and uh, it all changed after they left Brooklyn. Yeah, I sure went to uh, Evans Field as a child. When, when they well, they played at Evans Field, oh, but they also oh. played a few games, you remember, at Jersey City. They tried to force New York to build the stadium by saying they were going to move. And uh, they never got together on where they wanted to put the stadium. The Dodgers wanted to put it in one place. O'Malley's uh, wanted to get out in California. And, and Branch Rickey wanted to have them in Brooklyn. And uh, they never really got together. Or the, uh, they never uh, they finally built the stadium out where Shea Stadium is, and that has nothing to do with Brooklyn. Right. Bob, where, where exactly do you live in North Jersey? Uh, the place is called Highland Lakes it's in Vernon County. Oh, I know where Highland Lakes is. Really? It's out up there off of 80, right? Uh, it's further north than that. It's uh, very close to the New York border, a town called Warwick, New York. Oh, yeah, and, Warwick. Uh, is that up off of 206? It's near the ski slopes in Vernon County. <laughs> Is that anywhere near Stark? Okay, yeah. Is that anywhere near Stark, Roger? Near, it's near Vernon Valley, which is where the old Playboy Resort was. Oh, there, okay. If you're up in Vernon Township. Fort Gorge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Great Gorge. That's right. It. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There used to be a place here called Action Park. Mm-hmm. Right. They made a, I think HBO has a, a little documentary about how everybody was getting injured. A lot of people got seriously injured in an action park. They used to call it. Yeah, well, just, so you, call. just so you know, Roger has uh, has the the uh, landscape of Jersey, Pennsylvania, and uh, <laughs> Georgia down because he, he at the end of the month he forgets to pay the rent. <laughs> well, Great Great Gorge is a gambling resort now, isn't it? Yes. No. It was a long time ago, but uh, they were trying to get it to be a, a gambling resort. Um, and when it was the Playboy Club, and it never really uh, right. was approved because right. they didn't want to challenge, they didn't want to compete with uh, they didn't want uh, a competition for Atlantic City. Well, that's so right. It, okay. it never really, never really became successful as a gambling resort. And, and the Playboy Hotel in Atlantic City did not, uh, after it was constructed, did not last very long because yeah. they uh, built that on like three levels of gambling, and that's not the American way. They want gambling one level. I mean, that's the way it was at that time. Right. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, you know, live in a great part of the country base. over there, Bob. I'll tell you that. High, upper North Jersey is... Uh, Outstanding. You're Beautiful. close enough to New York, but you don't have any trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a beautiful area. Yes, it is. Hey, Bob, is there still a minor league team uh, up there? Yes, there is. It's up called in your, the, uh, the, the Sussex Miners, M-I-N, because of mining. There was a lot of mining up in this area yes. uh, a long time ago. Uh, they used to mine iron uh, up here. Uh, 
during yeah, the revolution. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a really nice ballpark. Yes, very nice. We go there often to see the miners play. Are they in the same league with uh, Somerset, with, where the Yankees moved? Are they in the same area uh, league with that? Actually, it's not a minor league team. Well, it's not uh, associated with a pro team. It's a separate. It's a Can Am. Oh, okay. Canada, America. Yeah, that independent league. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, Don, that where they were in the uh, Somerset. That's a beautiful ballpark. It used to be. Uh, Commerce Bank Park, I think, and then it was TD Bank Park. I've been to see games there. Oh, and, they, spent uh, a, they spent a ton of money upgrading when the Yankees took over, moved their minor league franchise, their double-A team out of Trenton, and moved it up to Somerset. They spent a ton of money up there, so it's it's beautiful. Well, it is, and the, and the Raritan line on the uh, New Jersey Transit goes right up across the uh, the outfield. You know, because that's where the uh, tracks are. It was right. really neat there to see the trains going by and dropping people off and everything. It was cool. Hey, Raji, yeah. thank you. Take your time out for a minute. Um, Bob, thank you for calling. Please don't be a stranger on the show. You're always welcome. We love your comments. And, guys, another great show tonight. And, Roger, thank you for your time. Uh, Don thank you. God thank bless. You. Uh, Mike, it was good to hear Mike uh, Simzak again. Tommy, yeah. you. Frank, yes. you know, Don, just to be all back together, and Roy, all back together. Yes, Great to do it all over again. And uh, sorry we didn't get Sonny Hill to join us, but uh, one of those things, he had a prior commitment, I guess he couldn't. We'll try to check in with him tomorrow and see if we can line him up for next week as well. But, uh, uh, you know, anytime we get together, it's always a lot of fun, fellas. Yes, it is. It's wonderful, wonderful. Great show tonight. I had a good time listening to all the, the different stories tonight, and that's what makes the show so wonderful. It's like we're sitting around the table talking talking sports, and that's why I look forward to this right. week every every week. So Don, thank yeah, we you don't for want to, coming on. Tommy, we don't want to uh, forget uh, Brian Bradley from the uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Yes, uh, Brian, uh, oh, yeah. Light, Brian, Lightning. Yeah. Lightning, yeah, for a good friend of mine tonight. So, right, for my family, your family, have a beautiful week. Roger and Don, God bless you guys every week for coming on. Frank, you're the captain of the ship. All we are is the, I should say you're the chief. And we all right, Tommy, <laughs> stay, stay awake for another half hour. The Rays are still playing. It's still 1-1. Yeah, yeah. Don't fall asleep on us. Great conversation tonight. Thank you, Don. Great conversation okay. tonight. Thank Thank you, Frank, for everything. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and, and every night of the week. And the best year bride, Frank, and uh, tell her we certainly have understand uh, the difficulties of what she went through and uh, the very best. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please acknowledge it. Acknowledge them. These are very tough times for everybody in uniform. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap. Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafla Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Putna Township PA Highway Patrol, uh, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, 
Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman, uh, Patrol Deputy um, Charlie Cotloff, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. <clears throat> Sergeant, uh, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia uh, Police Department. Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio. Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward. Delaware State uh, Trooper uh, Matt Baxter. Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Bill Gentry, Highlands County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Clay Zerber, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Deputy uh, April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant uh, Brian Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Sergeant uh, Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. Good night. God bless. Have a great week.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.